imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total Protonic Reversal. Protonic Reversal. Protonic Reversal with Conan Neutron and Josh Davis. Broadcasting from a secret underground lair in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. A gigantic middle finger to everything that is rocking about music, rock and roll, and corporate power. The thing is, though... If you don't laugh, you're going to go on a killing spree with sharp and nails. Confidence of a hero or a fool, I wasn't exactly certain which. Could not be more professional. It's That's like a science thing, right? Indeed, indeed, indeed. It's a science thing. It's a science place. It's a scientific fact that we are up in your face. You are welcome once again to the one, the only... Protonic Reversal. Just me, your host, Conan Neutron here. No Josh Davis. First show in a season. (laughs) Uh, Four months, I think, something along those lines. So, welcome. Welcome. Welcome, everybody. Uh, we have a great guest today. We have a Mr. Travis Keller of Buddyhead. Yeah! It's going to be returning to speak with us. Uh, two shows. I think he's done two shows with us so far. So he's been up to a lot of stuff. He's got a new photo zine out called Past Lives. Um, he's, always, he's always real busy. <laughs> he's got a lot going on, that guy. And I uh, can't wait to hear about it. Talented dude. Very interesting stuff. We, gosh, lots and lots of stuff's happened since the last we talked, folks. Mostly, been playing a lot of shows. I guess that's not that interesting. But uh, here we are. So, I'm going to spare you that because apparently my understanding is the podcast should be uh, a strict question and answer with guests only. And the host should ask a question, not speak until the host finishes answering the questions, at which point they will... uh, a second question can then be asked. That's my understanding. Also, you should rip off Mark Marin as much as possible. So, with that, here's Long. Mom killed the butcher's wife. She never came around much after that. I never knew much when I was younger. Dad always played it. He always ran around there wearing tights I never knew much when I was younger Back from the hospital I kept all of my clothes on in the bath And prayed for any sort of hunger
Butcher, and of course, on the phone now we have the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend, Travis Keller. Hey, Travis. How's it going, man? Welcome back to the show. It's been a minute, man. Yeah, it has. How you been? Good, good. I, I was trying, trying to think about uh, when the last time you were on, and all, all I can say is it's it's, it's been a couple. It's been a couple years. years. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's like at I'm, least at least two, maybe three. Yeah, a couple lifetimes, right? Yeah. Sorry, I missed your show, man. Oh yeah, yeah. No, dude, it was uh, all good, man. We we know we all we all know you're a very busy guy. You've been uh, you, you've been up to a lot of stuff. You've kind of rebranded as a king of all media type with this American primitive stuff. I mean, that's is, is that you know if <laughs> I wasn't thinking about it like that, but I, I like it. <laughs> there's video. There's uh, you know there, there there's kind of like expansive interaction. The whole primo convo thing is you know obviously I'm into that. I, I like people talking. People, cool people talking to cool people and stuff. Uh, it's it sort of seems like what was Buddy had has sort of morphed into this other thing, and your energy's kind of gone that way, but kind of with the same same to similar attitude. Do you think that's a fair assessment? Yeah, I mean, me and Joe have been friends for like I don't even know, like over twenty years now, and uh, um, yeah, you know, it's just like I think uh, once we we kind of started focusing on this about like two years ago, I guess. Joe was kind of already putting the name American Primitive on Ickerslein Records, and he wasn't really sure if he was going to keep it alive after the band imploded. And uh, and so we did, and we started kind of working on it. And like last year was just kind of like I don't know, fuck. We made like five or six videos, and it was like uh, we kind of just started hitting. I, I, we just both kind of hit a point where he had a record, and and I had my shit together enough to like work on stuff again. And, <laughs> You know, I mean, we've been friends for so long that it, like, ebbs and flows and, like, you know what I mean? 
So I think we both just kind of had our shit together, and he had a record, and and um, we we made a bunch of stuff, which was cool. It felt like it felt like the old days, you know. It's cool. Yeah, I mean, the, but yeah, the, the, the long long answer short, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the the productivity was kind of insane. Like it's, it's sort of like you went zero to sixty. It was like it was like oh, there's nothing, and now not only is there something, here's a bunch of somethings, and it's all it's all coming at you. And a good yeah, way. well, like for a a, for a couple of years, it was just me kind of going through photos, and then Joe had a record done. Like Joe was making a record for a couple of years too. So yeah, it went from like zero to sixty, like in the public. But we were kind of working on stuff a little bit before that. But but as far as the videos, yeah, man, we fucking we hit it hard. We hit it hard this last year. It was uh, it was one of the the, the more fun years, just because like it fucking feels good to finish it, you know. It's, amen, bro. You know? Amen. <laughs> I feel that. You know what I mean? Like, no matter how, like, and all of our shit is usually pretty fun because we just kind of do it run and gun. So it's kind of just like we're hanging out, really. Well, and it's it's interesting that you mentioned that because, well, and first off, I I should also mention before we get too far in that we had Joe on the show not that long ago along with Michael uh, Grunner who did the uh, Igor Line Must Die film. And, of course, uh, Joe. Yeah, which is which is going to Kansas here. Congratulations, oh, Michael. I, I thought you were saying going to Kansas. And I was like, oh, who cares? But <laughs> No, that's the slur I have. <laughs> no, Kansas. Kansas film film. Yeah, that's way more impressive than Kansas. No diss to our Kansas listeners, but... <laughs> Yeah, that's cool. That's that's awesome. Yeah, it's a great great film. Uh, you know, I, I dig the hell out of it. And that was that was that was an awesome appearance. So we got a little bit of a window into what uh, Joe was up to. You know, fucking around with synths and um, doing his crazy you know visual visual stuff that you guys were up to. The kind of almost yeah, that movie I think was a was like was like a big inspiration for us. You know, because uh, you know I was like I was out of town and I. I helped him kind of put it together, like as far as writing some dialogue and stuff, but I wasn't around for the shooting. So I honestly thought it was really going to suck. I mean, you know, it's just like, they're like, oh, they're making a movie about Joe. It's like, oh man, I can only imagine, you know, but it was like, it was really good. And it kind of like inspired us that like, oh wow, we could, we could, we could do that, you know? So, you know, and Joe was already kind of fucking around with videos and stuff um, himself. And, you know, we'd both made videos here and there, but we kind of got really serious and we got some cameras and, but yeah, that movie was like, it was inspiring really just to like, kind of see it come from like nothing to like this movie that people said they related to and shit. It was, it was cool, man. Yeah. It, I mean, it made film seem like not so unobtainable, you know, not so big, not so daunting. Yeah. So like the thing that, you know, I'm probably badly paraphrasing what I said when we had him on, but what I liked about it is even though there was, you know, without giving away the store, there's some fun, sort of fantastical, not exactly documentary level facts that happen in there. But I think it's a story that a lot of people who are creative folks, not even band people, but creative folks have like kind of gone through uh, after you get to a certain point. Like if you stick with it, if you stay in the game, so to speak, you kind of run up against these very specific obstacles that kind of also have to do with this almost ennui of Jesus Christ, why am I doing this? <laughs> yeah, like this is my life type shit. But yeah, I mean, despite like the, it's, you know, the fantastical, you know, plot or whatever at times, it's pretty much based in reality and it's really not about Joe. It's about anyone who's ever right tried to make shit create. It's about the struggle, you know, it's about it's about trying to make art and like, you know, kind of do it on your own terms and and all that shit, you know. And that's where I feel like it kind of shined uh, as far as that goes because, you know, Cardinal sort of the uh, the the stand-in analog for the, the artist or uh, viewer, if if you will. And I think that's that's kind of gives it a little more power than just being like, oh, here's a movie about the Icarus line, which you know, cool, but. 
yeah yeah no that that is what makes it relatable and uh but that that is true too he is he's never he's never stopped like evolving and kind of changing and kind of like not compromising too yeah. you know and that's the key you know? right <laughs> yeah you know from like what he's doing now to like back in the day when they're on a major label and they're like you can't have 12 minute songs you know the the lead single can't have motherfucker in the title <laughs> right exactly you know what i mean like which seems like reasonable enough requests but yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know they're like why do you guys keep shooting yourself in your foot you know well like, and it's cool man so with with the making of that movie you know you mentioned that you guys kind of were, were taking notes, paying attention, and sort of like learning the magics to, uh, you know, eventually cut off and do your thing. And then, boom, next thing you know, there's this Holy War stuff. There's all these videos popping up. You know, one of them looks like uh, that guy, that movie where the guy's driving around. Was it Drive? <laughs> That's mm. the name of it. <laughs> you know, what's funny is I live right across the street from all the places where they filmed that movie. Oh, no like I live at the, the big six markets across the street and yeah. the building that he lives in, in the movie is like right behind the skate park next to my place. Yeah. So it's like, not, not, and I moved here after they made that movie too. So it's kind of, kind of funny. I'm in the drive neighborhood. Is that There's a Korean guy it? up there. No, that's what I call it. There's right. literally like a Korean guy up the street that's like a tailor, and he, he made the jacket. He has it in the window. Oh, know? no kidding. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's it's crap. pretty wild. He's like the local guy that like got the movie. Well, and it's, it's, it's like, as a movie, it was all right, but that was a visually compelling movie. That was a really cool-looking movie, which I know... Oh, movie, yeah, I loved it. You know, sometimes people will say that as a diss. Hell, sometimes I'll say that as a diss, but I mean... That opening scene is great. The robbery, amazing. dude. Yeah, so good. I loved it. I like any movie about LA though, which is most of them. <laughs> so you took some inspiration off, and uh, just was it more inspiration, or was it more just like learning the the magics, the sorcery, watching Michael um, through in action? I think a lot of it was like you know we we knew how to make records and and put records out and all that, but I think uh, I think the whole the movies just seemed so big, you know. It's like we didn't re- we'd never done that, so I think it was just kind of like seeing how it was done and. And kind of just realizing that it was it was possible, like without like millions of dollars, you know. It's like, oh, we could right. we can still tell a story, like you know, not having all the the bells and whistles and shit, you know. Especially now, I mean, the the barrier of entry is so much lower than it ever used to be. That's what's so exciting about right now. I mean, even even like making shirts or zines or books or anything is the tools are all there now. You know, the the, the playing field's leveled for all of this stuff. So. It's kind of a, it's kind of an exciting time. It's not like when we started Buddyhead, it was like things were so difficult, you know. Yeah. It was even just like making T-shirts, you know, you you had to like, you know, it was a whole thing, you know. It, Every it, everything's a lot easier now. I can't remember if I talked about this when you were on the show before, and if I did, I'm sure I'll hear about it later on. But uh, it almost seemed like with Buddyhead, there was sort of this vibe of like, does anybody know that they're doing this? Like, are they are they allowed to do this? Like the kind of like danger sort of vibe with it. And I mean, for me, that was part of the allure because it was, you know, you guys were simultaneously speaking truth to power and just talking a lot of trash and sometimes in the same sentence. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very unplanned and like, but like I said with the acres on kind of shooting herself in the foot quite a bit, but I think that comes with like being in your early twenties, you know? Well, yeah, you don't, you don't, you know, you're not thinking about repercussions. You're not thinking about career. You're not thinking about career in journalism. When you're... No, we were, we were proud of not being careerists. It was right. like, we were the opposite of careerists. <laughs> it was like, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think you had an articulated voice that showed that like, that was like part of like the voice of the, it was the, 
you know, if if not, we give uh, zero fucks. It was definitely the, the zero fucks uh, style, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, we weren't really trying to make a career or anything. We were just kind of that. That's like where it came from. Is we we were just punk kids, and that's kind of what we did: is put on shows and put out records, and you know, all that kind of stuff. And and uh, yeah, we were we were trying to stay true, <laughs> which I think we did. So, how do you think about that in terms of? Uh... You know, these days, even the idea of of selling out is sort of like you tell that to a kid, like a kid now, and they're like, "What? What are you even talking about?" Like, so it's like that war's that war's been like fought. And yeah, like it, it doesn't it erased. doesn't exist. Yeah, exactly. There's no like it happening. doesn't exist. Like, what are you talking um, about? It's that's that's it's a weird thing, you know. It's a weird thing. They always told me that like cred wasn't good for anything, but like now it's really not good for anything. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you can't buy yeah. anything with cred. And they'll say, sir, there's not legal tender. <laughs> That's true. Well, but it, it, it's, I mean, it's, it's hard to explain just how different of a world it was because, you know, there wasn't like a Facebook or a Twitter when anyone just, you know, somebody says something stupid and suddenly you have, you know, 100,000 people clowning on them and telling them that they suck. Like that wasn't a thing. That, it wasn't even like a remotest possibility for, for better or for worse. Yeah, I think we were kind of one of the first sites that kind of i guess we kind of been kind of were leading the the bully craze i guess a little bit as far as like that stuff i think i think we were kind of on the the leading wave of that you know as far as like posting people's phone numbers and stuff but honestly when we did it you know even though it was sometimes it was a little mean it did have like some kind of meaning behind it or like you know we were looking out for the we were looking out for art (laughs) yeah so you you were following your own your own uh, North Star, uh, f- for sure on that. Maybe, but do you ever like look back and look like, uh, that was maybe, maybe a little more messed up. Maybe we, maybe, maybe we shouldn't have done that. Or do you kind of feel like, nah, screw them. They had it coming. No, I think, I think like most of the people that we picked as far as targets, I mean, definitely there's some things that people like repeat to me and I'm like, damn, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it got pretty brutal, dude. But, uh, but I think most of the people that we picked on, you know, I think like, I think they kind of deserved it, you know? Well, and it was, it was like, punching up. Who were we, dude? We were just a bunch of twenty-year-olds, you know. Yeah. That was always like what was so funny to us is like when people got mad. It was like that's so hilarious. They care, you know. Right. And uh, that that was always like really funny to us. I thought people that are busy crying themselves asleep on their uh, mattress made of a hundred-dollar bills, you know. It's like we get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's but all- no, not really. It's kind of like kind of is what it is. I mean, fuck. I think you ask anyone what they did when they were twenty, and there's a definitely a few embarrassing moments. I think that's just like part of being in your 20s you know yeah fuck it up and figuring out what works so that's a good segue and, uh, to uh oh sorry do you have more for that no nah, go ahead no it's a, good, it's a good segue to the zine that uh do you call it a zine or call it a book is it a zine book is it a book zine like, it's, it's a it's a magazine it's a zine yeah it's a book it was supposed to be a book and then uh kind of just became this other thing like i thought it was going to be one thing and that's kind of how those things are. Is like when I start them, I always think they're going to be one thing, and then they kind of jet off into this other this other area. So it kind of became what it became. But I think eventually I'll probably do like a bigger archive type book. So for now, they're they're zines, they're magazines, like the Cocktail like, Table book. <laughs> yeah, something like that. You know, Glenn Friedman's a big hero. He's got books. Yeah. I like his books. They look. He's got a new book actually. BC Boys, Run DMC that I want to check out. But yeah, I'd like to do like a fuck you heroes type, you know, coffee table book. 
one day. But yeah, these are good. Yeah, I'm, I'm proud of these for right now. Little little hundred page zines. So the thing that kind of got me, you know, look looking through it is that how much it is just, you know, this is your, you know, this is your experience through, uh, you know, these events like through going through and like playing the punk rock shows to you know, to no one or hostile audiences and like so having these like transcendent moments and you know there's there's experiencing like the landscape of the of the road in a certain way that you only can when you're uh, when you're in that world and obviously for me it had certain resonance because i've done the exact same stuff around that same time but it occurred yeah. to me that there hasn't been any that i'm aware there have been very few documentations of that that are from that particular voice and from that particular level set of starting off at one place and kind of ending in another and sort of, Hey, we're only here for the, at the drive-in pictures. Okay. Well, sure. You can, <laughs> there's one here, great <laughs> ones in here, but there's other stuff in here as well that you might find poignant or interesting or cool. I mean, did you have the slightest idea at the time that, you know, I'm doing something important here? Or was it just like, I'm going to take these pictures and Hey, this looks cool. And I'm doing this for me. Uh, at first I was just kind of doing it just to like, you know, when I first moved to LA, I was like, you know, 17, but I was, maturity level like 12 so taking photos for me was kind of the way i met everyone you know i would just show up and be like hey can i take photos of your band and they would feel so bad because i was so young and like innocent and just like nice like people always like make fun of me because like when i first moved here i was just like so green and that's kind of how i met everyone was like hi can i take photos of your band you know so at first it was just kind of how i how i met everyone and then as things kind of progressed it was just kind of what I did on the side. Like I never did it as like a, a full thing. It was just, I always had my camera with me and I always shot photos, but a lot of them I didn't even develop until like whatever, 20 years later, you know? So oh, man. Th- the last couple of years was kind of like, you know, and I hadn't seen them in probably like 10, they were up in Joe's storage space. So a lot of this last couple of years was kind of just like going through this like massive archive of shit and being like wow there's a lot of shit here and i took a lot of photos and and kind of just like remembering my story and like oh wow i did a lot of shit and i was a lot of places and (laughs) i don't know it was just kind of like uh it it was kind of like a therapeutic thing going through all of it and just you know at at times sad because there's a lot of people that aren't with us anymore yeah yeah, you know or just people we're not friends with or just like whatever people that have changed or given up or whatever you know it's just like it's and it's such a unique time period too a lot of the early stuff just because it's like right before cell phones hit so it's like it seems totally. like so much longer ago <laughs> like, right, you know right. I mean? like a lot of it just like the way people are standing or, or whatever you know but as far as the i guess to answer your question like i, I think at times i thought it was important just because like you know we saw at the driving go from like i guess being around at the driving was kind of like the first thing that we saw you know because they were like our homies and you know, when I first, like, the first show I went to in L.A. was uh, Ickerslein picked me up, you know, because I'd met them, and they took me, and I barely knew them, and it was Ickerslein, Carp, and at the drive-in in a record store that Joe worked at. Joe booked the show. So we saw him go from playing, like, seven people in a record store to, like, you know, selling out the Whiskey or selling out the Troubadour to, like, you know, playing these big shows at South by Southwest to getting a major label deal and, like, recording. You know what I mean? So it was, like, that the, some of those shows felt like that it was going to be important at some time but for the most part i was just kind of taking photos of like shit that was around me and it was like kind of my life you know it's just kind of like what i did 
and kind of what I've always done since I was like a teenager when I skateboarded and stuff and made skateboard videos. Like I've always kind of just, it's just kind of been the way I remember things. Yeah. And it, it's wild to think about in terms of today's sort of Instagram society about how you mentioned that, you know, some of this film had been just like in, in an attic for like 10 years or something. Like the idea of not, you know, of not taking a picture and like posting it immediately and like, uh, you know, so-and-so just liked it. Oh man, check out this comment section that like busted loose on this one. But you know, like that being such a big deal of just documentation, this is like coming from a more pure place of just, Oh, I'm just gonna take this picture. You know, yeah. <laughs> that's it. And that's all there is to it. And having that be a, that moment in time that you think about it one way when it's happening. And then with context, whether it's folks that aren't, you know, aren't with you anymore or aren't a part of your life anymore. Or it's this amazing poignant moment they didn't realize was poignant at the time. It's kind of a kind of a weird thing that doesn't happen quite as much anymore. I don't think. I think everything's so ephemeral and instantaneous. Yeah, for me, I always came from like the the mindset of like a skateboarder. You know, it's like when you're a skateboarder, that's what I grew up doing. It's like you film shit because you know, like filming is proof that you like pulled right. it or, exactly. or whatever. You know, like <laughs> so like that was kind of like always where I was coming from. Is like. Dude, we're in London for the first time. Proof. You know what I mean? Or like, right, here it is. Boom. Or whatever. It was just like, and that's also like the way I remember things because I have kind of a bad memory. So that's what's been exciting about going through this shit is like, it's just like, oh shit, there's me at 19 being a fucking tool. You know, it's like, it's, it's kind of wild. It's kind of like remembering shit that like, you know, once I see the negatives, I can kind of remember the whole day and stuff. It's, it's funny. Well, photography is photography is pretty pretty powerful. It's cool. Yeah, and it's, it's funny it's, how like film kind of ages like better. Even like the photos back then that I thought sucked, now they're almost like charming because it looks like such a different era. Does that if that makes sense? Yeah, no. We, when we had uh, Craig Wedron on, he, he was talking about that, like how some of the pictures that he just you know whatever didn't think too much about it at the time, and then he looked back at it in retrospect and was like, oh man, that picture is incredible, and like maybe for a reason you didn't even understand at the time, or just because it is of a specific era and uh you know not everyone looked cool all the time <laughs> <You know? laughs> well yeah yeah it's before uh everyone thought about being on the internet you know at any moment like when you someone's you know that's the other thing is like you know now people are ready to be on the internet as soon as you take a photo like yeah. back then people were a little more like you know candid i guess well, and it's it, it's cool because there are a lot of moments that are, that are captured within it that are just, you know, like young band on tour and like going through the stuff that you go through with that, you know, like playing to the playing in these venues, like having these either outsized or very right sized experiences, uh, and it's again not something you see that much. I think there comes when a band gets to a certain point. I think there's a natural incentive to want to sort of revise history and redact the more uh less glamorous yeah. bits, you know what i mean i remember people getting mad like especially like i posted some photos a while ago that were like a, a coup show it's like eager sign playing to like five people yeah and i remember like i don't even remember who but someone in the band i remember like once i saw the photos and i remembered them being mad i took photos that night you know what i mean like right right it was like kind of like a dark night you know one of those nights where you're like you know, everyone's had it. You're on tour and five people show up and you're like, what am I doing with my life? You know, <laughs> but like, I always seem to like take photos at those point. Cause it was like, for one, I was learning. And two, it's like, you know, 
this is fucked. <laughs> and it's real. And what's funny about that is like not only have I specifically had that experience, I've had an experience at that place around the same time. So I was like, oh, man, that's awesome that you got that picture. Because at the time it was just like, oh, this is a drag. You know, this it sucks that this is happening right now. But like in retrospect, you're like, oh, man, that's freaking hilarious. <laughs> like, you know, we put in all this effort getting to this show and this is this is how it turned out. huh? All right. Yeah, everyone's like, maybe I should have taken that job at Trader Joe's or <laughs> yeah, it's whatever. So bad you know? now. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you start like going back on all your fucking decisions, and you're like, is this the right place for me? Well, and that's but the- yeah, that's that's what makes you though. You know, you gotta go through that shit. That's what's that's what the story's about. Yep. Well, and you meet fellow travelers along the way. So you know, one of the things that is, I think, it's going to be a kind of <clears throat> a hook into the zine for a lot of folks is. You know, you guys hooking up with at the drive-in, like as they were definitely on their way up. I mean, I saw some of those shows where it's like, oh yeah, there's like me and like eleven other people here, and you know this band is flipping that, flipping that out. They're like jumping off the walls and stuff. Like this is nuts. Like this is, this is crazy. But then, you know, just because something's awesome and crazy doesn't mean that it's gonna get to where they got to. Uh, so I, I guess like yeah, did you when when that was happening? Were you like, did you note something special in them during that? What was that in Casino Out? That was like that era right yeah yeah um well a little bit before that i guess because acresign had the same manager as at the drive-in this dude blaze and uh so i guess it was around like the flip side record when we started hanging out with them um i think it was like just coming out when we met him because it was like 97 or it just came out or something you know but like coming out that record it was like i don't know they probably pressed like 500 of them and uh i mean obviously i yeah, from from the very beginning, I was like, oh, there's some there's something. At first, I was like, oh yeah, these dudes like Jehu and Fugazi, that's awesome. You know, like, like I didn't think too much about it, but like from a live perspective, I was like, oh crap, yeah, they, they, they're, they're something like real. Cool there, there, it was just there was just you know, live shows are the transferring of energy. Not to sound like a hippie, but yeah, you know, those dudes had energy and they had heart, and like it was like, you know, even when it wasn't, you know, like whatever, they were just like they. Yeah, they they just transferred energy. That's what that was, you know. They were exciting, you know, and they were real, and they were our homies, you know. So it was like it was exciting to watch them kind of blow up because you know, it was like right kind of the sign. You know, we were still like kind of like children at that time. Like we were, yeah. we were like younger than a lot of people then. So, so yeah, it was it was it was exciting to watch. Really, they were they were kind of like the first band that we see we saw kind of get a major label deal and and kind of get to tour internationally and get to play with big bands and and all that and it was just cool seeing them go from like you know yeah and well and it's it's you know it's it's a stark contrast to be sure uh but it's it's kind of neat to have that be part of the process and have that be sort of documented the zine but not have that be the crux of it <laughs> necessarily you know what i mean it's like i'll be like it's, it seems like it's coming from a very pure place of like I was just taking these these pictures in, in these moments and it happened to be some of these moments were these very critical moments in, in history. Yeah, I mean, there's also photos of bands like Treadwell, you know, right. who like no one knows, but like there were members of La Shock and they were our friends and and to me they were like just as important as at the drive to us. Like we yeah. learned we learned a lot from them too. So it's like it's kind of uh it's kind of just everything that was like kind of inspired us really, you know. A lot of because uh, a, a lot of the early stuff we were we, we were we were a lot younger and a lot less mature <laughs> than the rest of the other people. Like they they were kind of like the next level up. So it's kind of like we learned. Yes, you know. 
Yeah, and it's something where I think, again, a lot of that comes through just with like the attitude of the of the pictures too. Like it's very clear that you know that there's well, and it changes as it goes. Like as you go through the scene, like you know, there's, there's certain. Like oh my god I can't believe this is is happening to oh cool yeah this is happening right on and it's still like there's still an appreciation of what's happening but it's definitely uh, like you you get a sort of sense of scope and scale for it that sort of you know tells it tells the story in pictures which is hopefully what you're trying to do with a <laughs> with this yeah story. I never know if that translates so that's 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 amazing to hear because no, I, uh, I, I yeah don't... it is a, it, it's a lot of shit in a small amount of time and the first one has no words so you kind of gotta like figure it out or it has limited words i guess i should say but uh you kind of got to figure it out for yourself but i think that's kind of part of the fun you know because it's it's like this big mixed bag of all these different people you know not from like the same worlds either well and did you feel the like the desire to like go through and editorialize and kind of like um, I kind of, I kind of, I kind of, I kind of thought I was going to do that, but the first one was, it was such an emotional roller coaster for me because I hadn't seen a lot of that stuff that, yeah. uh, I had trouble taking photos out to make room for text. And honestly, I had trouble just kind of like putting into words, like a lot of my friends dying and stuff like that. So yeah, I yeah. kind of just like, that was like kind of as much as I could do on that one, I guess. And, uh, and then kind of after that, I kind of started explaining some of the stories on Instagram and shit like that. And, and that's probably why I'll do a book. I mean, you know, no, text, yeah, yeah. no ass, no service. You don't really need to editorialize that so much. Like, it's just funny. It's just a funny picture. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we're in Kansas or somewhere, you know? <laughs> right, exactly. Actually, I think that's New Orleans. I think that's New Orleans, actually. But yeah. But yeah, um, I think one day I'll kind of do like a bigger book and, and kind of explain some more. But a lot of it was like there was just so many stories. I wasn't really sure where to start. And it was kind of just like uh, uh, the first zine was kind of like I just really needed to finish a project for me. Like and uh, and once I got there, it felt like that was what it was, you know. So. So, yeah. <laughs> No, well, and that's good. And there's something to be said. For, I mean, there's certainly something to be said for starting a thing and finishing a thing, you know. Yeah, but like to have that, and to have it almost, like it almost feels like. And I realize it's hilarious for me to be saying this, but like people have a tendency to over-explain and to over-editorialize, and to have it kind of be a little more self-explanatory. You know, I think I think it works. And I think if if the people that are going to find what they want to find on it are going to get what they get out of it and you don't you don't need to knock them over the head with it necessarily so i think i think it works as a uh, fully completed piece that way uh, yeah uh like basically i have this archive of stuff and i started going through it and scanning it and uh i kind of got like a quarter of the way through it and instead of like scanning all of it and finishing it like i had planned i was kind of like this is good enough i've got so much shit <laughs> and that's kind of why it changed direction because it was kind of like i just got excited you know it was like all right well this is definitely enough for a book let's just fucking finish this shit so a lot of the stuff that i thought was going to be in there it wasn't even in there so it's kind right. of like the first chapter really i kind of knew there'd be more and that i would be able to explain it a little bit more so that's kind of the reasoning behind all that well, and it's cool because, you know, it, it tells you just, I mean, even with the cover, right? Like, there's like the, there's like, oh, just all the pictures, like, everywhere. <laughs> like, being like, oh, crap, what do I include, you know? <laughs> yeah, it was funny. I was, I was in there, like, going through shit, and uh, Joe came in because it was at the studio, 
and and uh his girlfriend olivia he was like you gotta come in here and take a photo of this fool because <laughs> it was just like the sea because i basically had like you know these big mail crates full of negatives and then there was just like these other mail crates full of like prints that i'd printed over the years yeah. you know so it was like 20 years of prints and so i just like spread them out and was like trying to see what was going on and and that was kind of the scene you know so so that became the cover because that was kind of like the final the final hours making sure i got everything <coughs> yeah and it, it's something where you kind of get the sort of almost heart of darkness sort of scope and scale of stuff of just like oh just my me god on the carpet like in a weird weird pose just being like damn dude it's yeah. pretty funny and it's uh you know th- there's a marked sort of tone between this and and uh, the, the the next one you have as well which uh, you're, you're gonna have um, a little more exposition a little more text for there as far as you know, tone and feel of what you're trying to present do, do you does he feel like separate works or is it just like hey at some point you got to stop and you know train's gonna leave the station um i think <clears throat> uh kind of like how i just explained like i kind of stopped scanning the old stuff like about a fourth right. of the way through and was just like i gotta finish this thing and then once i finished that it was like i gotta work on something new because like i've just been like living 20 years ago and it's been weird because i've been hanging out with all these people i don't see anymore you know what i mean so yeah. i kind of just had to like and then i realized like i was like well okay i've got two or three years of photos of all this american primitive stuff and and i kind of just started going through that stuff and and then that thing kind of became what it became and I really wanted it to be like, because uh, um, for the past few years, it's kind of just been like, wow, I can't believe I'm alive. And uh, so I thought I would just kind of focus on these people that are kind of crucial to my survival and and kind of like inspired me to like kind of start making stuff again, really, and who have always been making stuff. And they were just kind of like, a lot of those people were the reasons that I was still alive, really, so that's why it was called that and it was just kind of like i wanted it to be this like kind of personal thing but like a little bit more uh a little bit a little bit more editorial i guess than the first one so yeah. i just kind of had to do some new stuff like and it was like i didn't have an idea it was just like i'm gonna make something out of this you know all this stuff that i got so there wasn't really any uh direction with it it was just it kind of became what it became it wasn't your Lord of the Rings. That wasn't your. Uh, no, it was like it was like let's not look at at the driving photos anymore for a month. You know what I mean? It was like right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. It was just like all right. I gotta live in 2018 or 19. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 2018 even isn't enough. So. But, you know, the thing that and you get on like a kind of important thing. I mean, I think you're even, you're even calling it stay alive, right? Like that's that's like that's the name. Yeah, that's like literally all I could do for the past few years. You know, it was like I kicked heroin like four and a half years ago. And since then, it's just been like kind of like a just, you know, trying to get my life back and try to do shit again and try to finish some projects. And and, you know, the zines and the, and the videos and the movies, those were those were all real crucial. And, and this one just felt good just because it was like the first like kind of like personal new thing that I'd done in a while. And kind of the first time I'd really written words in a while. So it was good because it kind of like I kind of had to like work those muscles out again, you know. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it was, it was scary too, which was fun, you know. Well, it was like I was putting all this shit out there that was like, you know, kind of personal and 
kind of scary to say, you know, but it felt safe because it's not the internet, you know, it's like, well, everyone that's reading it's buying it, so, you know, how bummed are they really going to be? Well, <laughs> yeah, know? exactly, and you, you It's get, like a closed audience. It, right, it's a closed circuit, and, and you get to get the fully formed thing before you have instantaneous feedback, you know, in some cases, half-thought-out feedback, which is... Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go and say probably not my favorite thing about our contemporary culture right now. Um, I'm going to throw that out there. Uh, like maybe, maybe There's a few definitely pluses and negatives. It's like the hot, the hot take industrial complex can uh, tone it down a little bit and I'd be just fine. Me too. Me too. Shit's a drag. It is. And so, I mean, it seems like there's a lot of people that you know, feature heavily uh, in some of this. You know, there's a you, know, you, got, you got some stuff. Dude, are we? I'm cool to talk about the second one, right? I just realized hey, that's that's the one. That's like, not oh yeah, yeah. Right? Okay, cool. Like you got, yeah, they're both out. Like you got a you got think something Atlantic. I you work so fast, man. Like I was, I think I was on tour the entire time, like during the first one, and then like you know, oh, suddenly like come back and because like, there's a new one, I didn't even get the first one yet. But that's a, <laughs> that's a me problem. Uh, th- there's a yeah, th- there was there was no demand for it. I just had to do it. <laughs> It was like it wasn't like a supply and demand issue. It was just yeah, like, yeah. Yep, I got new shit. Here we go. Yep, that's uh, I get, I the get. first one. People were kind of waiting for because I'd talked about it for a few years. You know, it was something I'd wanted to do for a long time. But the second one, there was definitely no demand. But people have been into it, which has been fucking cool. So it's been uh, it's been a big confidence booster, really. So yeah, one of the, one of the people that you talk to or talk talk about kind of there's a little editorial about it is Lanigan, Mark Lanigan. Yeah. And who's someone that has a storied history as well. Uh, and, and uh, you, you know, how's, how's that something like, how has that uh, relationship sort of transformed over the years from, uh, um, you know, I kind of just met Lan again, but it was wild when we were interviewing, when I was interviewing him, how much we had in common. Like we were both from like similar places in Washington. He's from Ellensburg, you know, and I grew up like, you know, obviously being a fan, you know, sub pop, screaming trees, and then later Queens of Stone Age. And, you know, I'd met him a couple times, but never like, we weren't like homies or nothing. Him and Joe got close. They'd, I think they'd recorded some songs or something. And, uh, and then we, we came our, and we got, we did his video recently, which we're actually finishing up tomorrow. It's our first comedy. Yeah. I've heard, I've heard about this video. Yeah, I'm, I'm It's our first comedy. It. It's great. Yeah, yeah. So we started doing that, and then he asked me to shoot his photos, and, and we just started getting tired that way. And, um, and he's a fucking rad dude, man. It's cool because he's a, he's a legend and someone I've looked up to for a long time. And, and he's been through like a lot of shit, man. Honestly, his, uh, he put out a lyric book that has uh, everyone should check it out. It's great. It's got like all of his lyrics, and for every era, he kind of wrote like a two-page kind of like story and it's like it's some of the best shit i've read and because of that like everyone basically like forced him to write like a actual book yeah and that's coming out in october and i haven't read any of that but i've heard some stories from it that he's told and it's going to be amazing because ah it sounds great yeah yeah the lyric book is is amazing just the intro alone like i i urge anyone to pick it up it's it's kind of there's like movie where it's just like really relatable if you're an artist, you know. Yeah, he yeah. Kind of talks about. Yeah, that sounds rad. We're, it's we're, been through some real shit, you know. So I, I think I, I well, yeah, we're, we're gonna do like a little band outing when he, when he comes out here and uh, and, and go see him play. But it, it, it's a trip because I think I when I had Dave Catching from Rancho de la Luna on, I was like, yeah, that guy kind of seems like he's just like a gunfighter or something, you know? It's just like it's like crazy, like. It's funny, man. He's like, I was so scared of him for years. Like the, fir- the funny story, the first time I met Mark, I went to meet 
this dude that we he was actually managing Stone Temple Pilots, and I think they also managed Mark Lanigan. And this is like probably like 2001, and they wanted to meet with us about Buddy Head, and I went over there. And, you know, we're talking to this dude, and I, I can't remember what we were talking to him about. Maybe he was going to manage us or something, but Mark showed up, <laughs> and this is like 2001 Mark, and, and the, they tried to introduce me to him. They're like, yeah, this is Travis. He does this thing, Buddy Head, and he just looks at me and goes, get me a coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I didn't know what to do. You know, I was, like, so young. I was like, wait, what? And they're like, you don't have to do that. You know, I was like, <laughs> so I was like, for years, I was, like, scared of him, you know, and then, yeah. like, Iggersign opened for, you know, Queens of the Stone Age, and he was just, he's just so stoic, and just, like, he's got such a vibe that people think he's a dick, you know? He's, like, he's very intimidating, because he's a big dude, but, man, when you get to know him, he's, like, he's literally, like, one of the sweetest dudes. He's a, he's a real, he's a real motherfucker, man. He's, he's super sweet. So that's, it's been kind of cool to kind of, like, get to know him, and, and, and honestly, just, like, work with him in, in, like, creative place it's it's a it's a dream dude it's cool yeah it's, uh you do 14 worse. year old me would be proud right right exactly <laughs> you know i always like to think about things like that you know if i could just tell myself back then it's like it's gonna be okay dude you know yeah it seems seems rough now but uh there's gonna be some cool stuff that happens Don't <laughs> <laughs> well i don't know you know someone else that features heavily and in features heavily in the uh american primitive buddy head world uh annie hardy she's a uh, She's all over the place on these things, and it's just a generally awesome. For what I can, I don't, I don't know her, but she seems like a really awesome person. But you feel like you do, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she's got that immediate familiarity, of like, oh yeah, Annie. I'm like, wait, I've never fucking talked to her in my life. <laughs> I don't know, know from Moses. And she's amazing. She's amazing. Hot, so yeah, I- she's a character. Um, she's unlike anyone I I've ever met, and uh, she is uh, she is a force. She is a force for uh she uh she's very comfortable in her thing that's that's for sure which i always appreciate she's very comfortable she's very confident and uh she's one of the most creative people i know like she's a fucking weirdo man um you know she drives around in her car and live streams it and does an improvised music show where she oh i know i get the notifications (laughs) yeah people like people send her words and she freestyles them into raps and stuff while she's driving around it's uh, and she does that like three or four times a day. Like, uh, that's just what she does. <laughs> and yeah, and it's it's so crazy because, I mean, for me, for me, like she she's she's not only good at it, she seems to like enjoy it, which is like, oh, that's cool. Like, it's sort of like this messed up, crazy way that the world works now. Like that, it works for her, and it seems like it's like it's like, oh, you gotta get to see like a, like a really cool side of this creative person doing cool creative things. In a way that, you know, some people would be like, oh, man, you know, get grandpa away from the iPad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude. Sometimes it's a lot, though. Like, I've been places where it's like, you know, I, like one of my memories is like a couple years ago, it was like at, a, at some bar in Hollywood. And she was like, oh, we'll come pick you guys up. Right. And it was like kind of a rough night. And we get in the car and she's like, band car, you know, and she like starts live streaming it. It's just like, <laughs> hey, man, if you want to ride. You know, like you're gonna be on the internet. By the but yeah, the, the, the world's kind of the world's kind of caught up with her, you know, because she's always on, you know, and she's always making stuff. Like she's just that's just how her her brain works. It's perfect for her. 
yeah, it's a, it's, it's cool to see. And, and she does have that kind of personality where it's like, you just feel like, like, oh yeah, like we, we hang out all the time. It's like, no, wait, no, no, that is not a thing that happens. I've never met this person, but I feel like we hang out all the time. Yeah. She's wild, man. She's, uh, she's always surprising us, bumming us out and making us laugh at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I mean, like, yeah, no, I get she's it. just on another wavelength. Well, yeah, sometimes but in a good in a good way most of the time. Sometimes she gets uh you know real busy with these these sort of long involved like conspiracies. I'm like I don't know if this is shtick if this is for real. Oh dude, I, I lived with her, nice. man. Oh dude, I lived with her. It was like insane, dude. <laughs> She'd be playing like YouTube videos on like top volume for like hours about like <laughs> you know how the world's flat or whatever, and it's like. Half the time you're like, do you really believe this? Or are you fucking with me? You know what I mean? Like, right, exactly. it's just like, and it doesn't stop either. You know, like, <laughs> so she, I love Annie. She's a challenge to be a friend with at times though. And I've told her that to her face. So I'm not talking shit. You know what I mean? Like she's a, she's a unique person for sure. I've never met anyone like her. Well, and there's something to be said for that. And that, that was kind of like the gist of the whole zine is like these people that I interviewed from my girlfriend to Joe to Annie to Lanigan. It's like, they're all kind of like anomalies, you know, they're, they're these people that I've been lucky enough to like surround myself with that they kind of make it easier for me to do what I do and kind of inspire me. So, so yeah, she's a fucking, she's an original dude. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I I think I don't, it's almost, it, it was a trip for me because like when I saw, saw her in the Icarus Line movie. I was, I was like, oh, was that like, you know, scripted shtick or like, or what? And I was like, oh, no, that's... Oh, no, that's a, that's a conversation that happened. That's a real conversation. <laughs> that's a conversation that happened. Yeah, that's a conversation that happened. And me and Joe were like, that's got to be in the fucking movie, dude. Because like, that was a real thing. He was like, I think, I don't remember if this is how it goes in the movie. I think it is, though, where he's like, I want to record you. And she's like, I can't do it in November. That's the, that's the rapture. <laughs> it's like, Joe was right, just like, exactly. what the fuck, what? dude? Like, are you serious right now? <laughs> He's like, I have an open space at the studio. Do you want to record a record? And she's like, not during the rapture. It's like, okay, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like that's. Uh, it was hard to tell if it was shtick or if it was it was for real. It was. It almost didn't matter because no, that that somewhere. one's real. That one's real. <laughs> oh man. For the most part, a lot of the shticks in that movie are real, except for him getting shot. You know, Joe's never been shot. Yep. Spoiler alert. Well, I guess if you haven't seen it at this point. Then. Yeah, spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So what what do you so talk to me about the Primo Convo stuff? Uh, obviously I'm a fan of the having conversations with creative people and having this art, artistic exchange it's is a thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um I think that was like uh us flexing our documentary muscles, you know, trying trying to just do a different vibe. And uh Joe just put a record out and and uh alex alex from dirty beaches had been kind of hanging out and they'd been talking about doing some things and i'm not sure how it started but we just started kind of filming stuff and then we all took like a primo primo vacation out to the desert and it kind of started there we went out to joshua tree just to kind of like battle plan and we brought the cameras and uh we did me and joe's conversation and then it just kind of took on a life of its own, and, and we filmed the rest of it after that, the next the next weeks, couple weeks, and uh, just thought it was a cool way to kind of like dive into his record, which which was kind of like a scary move for him because he was shedding the like 
the whole band. Yeah, it's a long, long time to the spend whole with band something thing. That, and like so, try something totally different. Yeah, it's, it's... yeah, and I think it was scary for him in a lot of ways, you know, because it's like not only was there like you know no homies, like now me and Jacob, who does the ed- Jacob's the guy that edits all the videos and films half of them. So American Prim was me, Jacob, and Joe. And now it's weird because like you know me and Jacob are, for lack of a better word, the band. You know, we just kind of. I mean, we don't go on stage or nothing, but you know we're the we're the homies you know what i mean and uh when the live shows happen i'm there filming but yeah i think it was scary for him for you know uh, and just also you know here's 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 him just doing like beats and stuff now so it's a it's a whole different thing yeah so i think it was a easy way for us to kind of like explain it but like not like kind of spell it out for everybody too you know well, and it's yeah. I certainly was curious. I'm like, why are they in Joshua Tree? Like, what the, like, what the <laughs> why that was the conceit of it was that. But I mean, it was cool. It was just sort of like it almost didn't matter. It was Disc- oh, that's yeah. Cool. It's, it's just because it's, cool. it's a, like a you know it's Los Angeles too. You know, even though it's not, it's like yeah, that's yeah. that's part of the the great part about living in LA is the desert's uh, you know an hour away and and the snow's an hour away. You know, and the beach is like. I mean, if there's traffic, it's an hour away too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right, for sure. But, uh, yeah. It's just like kind of part of LA. Like, we went out there to kind of battle plan, and and that's what happened. I mean, do you think that's going to be a thing that you're? Are you just doing that for the sake of doing the thing, or do you think it's going? Oh no, I think that's going to be that. That'll be a reoccurring thing for sure. That's going to be that. I think that will evolve into 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 several different things. That that was kind of like uh, us, just like kind of going back into like i i mean i doubt joe would say this but like kind of some buddy head stuff you know it's like just some kind of interviews and you know conversations you know and uh i think it was just us kind of like checking that out and i think i think primo combo will continue and it'll also evolve into some other shit too well that's that's definitely like kind of i think uh, i think our mexico thing was kind of like that too we did a video called Putos Abroad, and it was kind of documentary. That one's a little more Anthony Bourdain, almost like a travel video, though. Yeah, it was, it was like Anthony Bourdain with punk rockers. Like, well, not that yeah. he wasn't a punk rocker, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Punk rockers that played music. Yeah, and it's because uh, it's something where I felt that, and again, it was, it was cool because it had higher production values. It wasn't like, you know someone filming something on their phone and putting it not there's anything wrong with it. it's all about and that was the other thing like i was learning how to fly drones at the time like we got a drone and it, w- it was just sitting in the yeah. in the studio it's kind of cool man no one had touched it and i was like i'm taking that home and i'm learning it so i was like i, I mean i still am i'm obsessed with drones now which is funny because i thought they were so nerdy before <laughs> but fucking love them they're great um so i was kind of learning those too so that was like kind of like a big thing too because we, we had all this like kind of footage of of the places like wherever we'd go and film, I would just pop it up and shoot a few minutes. So we had all these kind of like cinematic, it's pretty power. It's a pretty powerful tool. It's pretty cool. I love, I love those things, man. Yeah. And it makes for a nice dichotomy. Uh, you know, when you, when you get like the more kind of like longer shots with like the environment in there and then you get like the more kind of close up stuff that, you know, depending on like what's being discussed, you can kind of get a, a, a wider sense of, of, of you know this place that these people are walking around and talking, and I think that's kind of uh, can can lend itself well to what's actually being talked about. Yeah, because I think I think a lot of our shit is kind of like pretty much everything we do is kind of like a love story to LA. So for us, it kind of like just brings you. It's like oh yeah, it's LA. You know, it's like it's also just like showing off our city. You know, 
because that's that's like that's like a lot of like what inspires us i think you know like half the half the reason we're doing this is we're able to here yeah i mean you got a lot of a lot of cool stuff there <laughs> lots of stuff to choose from why not <laughs> So it's it's got to be weird though. I mean, like it, it, you, you're busy doing you know a lot of stuff. There's the Holy War stuff. There's the Primo Convo. You got the the past lives and, the, and stay alive zines. You got, you got all this stuff going on. But how pervasive has Buddyhead been like as a thing? Like under is it more? Do you think it's more of like a moment in time where like the people that know are like, oh man, awesome, and the you know kids that are like what or, or is or is it something that's kind of pervasive in culture uh i like, do you hear that, about it i don't kids know. like do you hear like when i do i do i mean i do know this the people that that care about it really care about it right. and that that that's fucking cool to me like the people that i meet and want to talk to me about it like it like changed their lives you know what i mean like you saved me from listening to papa roach or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, you turn me on to spiritualize and the damned and the stooges or, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. the people that, like, connect with it, they really connected with it, you know what I mean? And, you know, how pervasive it is with, like, younger people, not really sure, you know? Um, there definitely is people that never saw it, that have heard about it through, like, the bands or or whatever, folklore. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, the people that do care about it fucking... It, it it was like a part of their lives, you know. It's like a family member, which is, which is fucking cool. That is cool, and it's weird to think about. Yeah, this is in time before TMZ, and this is a time before you know Howard president. Schultz can like say like, "Hey, I'm thinking about running for president." And have like three hundred thousand people be like, "Fuck no, don't do it. You suck." You know, like, like immediately. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of amazing that, that we have. Yeah, these one of the stories, but you know, one of the better buddy stories I've I've heard is uh, I was out somewhere like few years ago and this girl came up and she's like did you do buddy head and i was like yeah she's like i have to just tell you who i am and i was like all right who are you and she's like i was fred durst receptionist for three years <laughs> and you ruined my life like we would get like three to four hundred calls a day being like hey can you tell fred durst he's fat buddy head said you know it was like so that was kind of cool just to meet her because, like, you know, we would put up his number. Yeah, I remember. And, like, they, yeah. couldn't, they couldn't change it because it was, like, the main Interscope number. Like, when you called, it would be, like, enter the first three letters of their last name. And you'd be, like, D-U-R. You know, and it would, like, <laughs> it would hit him, you know? So it was, like, like she got, like, all these calls. So that was that was kind of amazing to, to meet her. I always, I always love that story. That is kind of awesome. Was she, was she cool about it? Yeah, she was cool. She's like, I'm not mad now, but I want you to know, like, at the time, I fucking hated you. Like, you ruined my life. Like, it was like, it was supposed to be like an easy gig, and it was not an easy gig. And I was like, damn, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of, like, I think we talked about, I think it was the first time you were on the show that... We talked about Buddy Head kind of being like the Waldorf and Statler of alternative music, like the you know, so the dudes in the back like start talking trash the entire time. And um, it, again, it's weird to think about like that wasn't a thing. That inst- that sort of instant feedback wasn't so much of a thing as it is now. And I don't know, like it's 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 like I'm conflicted about it because in a way, yeah, it's cool to like have everyone have a voice but on the other hand it's like is it 
Oh, no, I'm not into that. It was so much greater when, like, only we had a voice, honestly. <laughs> right, right. Like, once everyone got, like, their own Facebook and Twitter and everyone had an opinion, it, it was over for us, man. It was, like, it, it was crucial that we were at the beginning of the internet. You know, only we had a voice. And right. that was, like, that was what was great about it. <laughs> once the masses got a voice, it just turned to trash. Yeah, and it's like a, you know, no country for old men. For sure, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Do you still think uh, West Borland's a good Nazi? You know, West Borland is one of the nicest guys. <laughs> you know, that's... Dude, you said it. You said it. Dude, him, him and Dave Navarro both are, like, so nice that, like, you just, like, regret ever talking shit on them because they're just, like, right. so nice. It's a bummer. Yeah, he's a sweet dude. I interviewed him a few years ago, and uh, he, he's a nice guy. That's when you uh, ripped off my thing, and you're doing a podcast, right? <laughs> I did rip off your thing. You inspired me, <laughs> no, and I did a podcast from my mom's house. I, no, <laughs> no, that was just so like I didn't kill myself, really. It was like I just had to like fucking kind of be doing something and feel like I had. Even though like barely anyone was listening, I just needed something to like... I needed a purpose to focus on. Well, it was cool because you had, you know, you had some good episodes. You had like uh, Dwayne Dennison on. You had uh, Andrew WK. You were talking all kinds of cool people. There Henry Rollins. Yeah, that's, I forgot. Yeah, about it was that. fun. Yeah, it was fun. It was good though. That was like the tail end of Buddy Head. No one was watching, but like it, it got me off heroin, so it did its job. There you I go. Just needed a purpose. It's, it's nice to have a purpose. Yeah, it's important, man. So, what? I mean, what do you think? Uh, you're you've obviously got an aptitude now for this video thing and like producing video stuff. Is it going to be more of this coming forward? Like what, where, where are you going with it? It's going to be like um, 17 more Joe Cardamone records coming out. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> he's working on one right now and it's great, man. He's, he's been banging the songs out. He's got probably like, fuck, I don't even know, like 20 songs. That guy he's probably got me. like, and that's he's probably got like, no, I mean, he, he, he likes to make a record with like 50 songs, yeah. you know, they don't, they don't all come out, but he's like almost halfway there. So he's making a new record. Uh, we've got a couple of videos. We're going to make a, an, we're going to finish this Lanigan video tomorrow. We've got a couple more Joe videos in the next month, probably just some like B sides. And then he's got a, well, that's not as fair to say it's a B side. This is a song that didn't make it on the record. It's actually my was my favorite song and then he didn't put it on the record oh, so no. i'm excited i was like that's my favorite one and he's like not going on the record and i was like all right dude whatever <laughs> but yeah we're finally making a video for that one which i'm excited about it's called 91 and then uh he's got a song with rafa from prayers so i think we're going to be doing a video for that so that's kind of like in between his new record coming out and all that and we've got a script for a movie that we're we're trying to find some people to give us money to make. So that's kind of like the goal for this year is to, to make like a, a feature feature movie, I guess. Cause we've made some short, short, yeah. short runners. Fiction, nonfiction. What's, what are, we, what are we talking about here? Uh, I guess it would be like almost a sequel to, uh, Icarus line must die, you know, huh. kind of like that kind of similar in the, uh, I guess like, you know, fiction, nonfiction, I guess. Based on reality, but, uh, you know, kind of like psychedelic, I guess. Spec speculative or, magical reality as well. But like probably the same character, I guess you could say, you know. 
Okay. Something like that. Okay. So, yeah, but just like kind of dealing with different issues that that everyone's kind of gone through in the last year. So like Space Jam, basically, is what you're saying, right? Yeah, it's like Space Jam (laughs) 2. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Good. Yeah. The the world needs it right now. The world needs a little Space Jam. Don't they, dude? Don't they? (laughs) To think about, like, what problems that we thought that the world had then versus what we have now is, like, hilarious. It's like, oh, how it's adorable. That's adorable. Right? Also to think about the fact that, like, when when did Axe, like, if you'd be like, Hey, Axel Rose is like way woke on Twitter. You'd be like, well, first of all, I don't understand half of what that sentence is. But like, what? <laughs> right, dude, Axel. How great is Axel, dude? Man, like that guy just—he's going. It's been a roller coaster, dude. <laughs> Being a fan of his has been a fucking roller coaster, but I love it, dude. But it's like Neil Young or Bob Dylan. Like, I love them when they suck, dude. I don't give a fuck. I love those Bob Dylan Christian records. You know what I mean? There's and Chinese way. democracy, fuck, dude, I'm so glad it happened. We, we, were, we were just talking about Chinese democracy on tour because how can you not? And it was, it was like, <laughs> one of those things where it's like, wow. Dude, I just remember I was on tour with Coheed and Cambria. Like the, I think that was when I was on tour with him. Maybe it was, yeah, I'm pretty sure. It was like 2010. Is that about when it came out? Uh, yeah, I, I should know. We just looked it up. But yeah, it's, anyway, right. whoever I was on tour with, we were on tour and we hit like a Best Buy and it was like, I don't know, six months after it came out and they had like a whole rack of them for like a dollar each <laughs> on vinyl. And so like, I was like, I bought like 30 of them and like everyone got it for Christmas that year. It was sick, dude. I was just like, it was like, it was like July, but like I banged out everyone's Christmas gift. Just like, bam, dude, awesome. just like done. <laughs> Chinese democracy on vinyl, Best Buy. What's up? And you get a Chinese democracy, and you get a Chinese democracy. <laughs> this- Dude, the fucked up thing is I don't even have my copy anymore. That's so sick to have Chinese democracy on vinyl at this point. And you gave them all away. Man. I did. Yeah, well, all my vinyl burned a fire, so I don't have – I've only got like 20 vinyl right now. I'm building it back, though, man. Oh, man, that's that's a drag. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, yeah, all my vinyl that I collected over the years. Gone. Gonzo. On the bright side, you don't have to move it. I mean, moving vinyl is like maybe the worst thing in the world. So, yeah, I, I was kind of okay with it when it happened. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really, I didn't really care about much. So, you know, it worked out. Yeah, I didn't have to move it several times. It's all right. It's all right. You know, it's still drag. life goes on. Yeah, yeah, I had some cool shit, you know, but you know, can't take it with you, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, how do you feel? about like who who's lighting your fire right now like who's like you you pay attention much to like other people's stuff like i know that uh you know we've we've talked back and forth and a lot, a lot of rock stuff isn't really yanking your chain right now but what what are you what are you into mostly these days uh i listen to mostly hip-hop or like weird records i guess i really like that uh michaela mccraven record um, you know, like whatever the dude from the Swans does, like, uh, but like a lot of like top, like hot 100 hip hop. That is kind of like the contemporary music I listen to currently. Interesting. And do you, I mean, do you did feel like, you? no, 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 this is, <laughs> Hello, all, wait, is this thing on? <laughs> no, no, I'm just, I'm just taking it. I mean, do you think it's something where, well, because something I've noticed and something that we've talked about in this show is that I feel like it's a lot easier 
within hip hop and rap music to kind of be more aggressive from a composition standpoint and a writing standpoint to like just utilize like whatever. Like it doesn't matter if you make a great hook, you make a great hook and that's that speaks for itself. Whereas I think a lot of times with rock music things get very you know, it's almost like well, there's too many rules or something and then like you know, I think with rock music like a lot of this shit's not even done. So it's like even if it's cool, it's like I fucking heard that twenty years ago. Yeah, you Grand, know? Like, a lot of the <laughs> Like, come on. Yeah, dude, man. Seeing here. that shit on Saturday Night Live was some other shit, dude. That was like, what the fuck, man? Those fuckers. That make- band. That band is a what the fuck. That's like, and I read something about like they're big because of the algorithm because they like sound like everybody else. Like that's why uh. they're big, which is wild, dude. Yeah, rock music is weird because it's like, I mean, it'll definitely come back, and I still listen to rock music, but. It's been a while since I've heard like it's a contemporary good, rock music that I that I care about, you know? Like I mean I still DJ and I play rock music and yeah, yeah. and all that. But uh but yeah, as far as new rock records, I can't remember the last one that came out that I that I gave a fuck about. So so yeah, that's what it is, you know? But yeah, I don't know. I mean, rap music right now is it's just so fast and there's so much of it and it's 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 just kind of like you know, I've always kind of been into music that's, like, kind of pushing boundaries, and that shit definitely is, you know? It's, like, um, it's, kind of, it's kind of pushing what can be pop music, really. Right, right. Well, that's definitely true. And it's, you know, it, it happens in weird ways, too. Like, even, like, not using, like, an a example from, you know, that recently. But the fact that, you know, when, when uh, the Outcast double record came out, you would have told me that one of those songs would be like a number one hit. I'd be like, "You're fucking dreaming, man. There's no, there's no way." <laughs> you know, it's like, dude, right? It broke the world open, and in a way where it's like, "Wow, that is like you know the Buddy Holly of uh, this year." Okay, all right, that's fair enough. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy. I mean, that's awesome, but you never can quite tell as, as far as stuff like that goes. Yeah, there's definitely no rules now. Well, and it's a trip that, like, a lot of people we end up talking to on the show, you know, people that, for lack of a better term, kind of stay in the game and keep doing stuff, kind of adopt a more nimble way of existence, whether it's how they present things live, whether it's, like, rethinking, you know, how you make a record or whatever because you're doing it without support and you're doing it without, you know, resources or, in some cases, like, even interest in anybody helping out administratively or financially to do it. Then it's kind of a very common story to tap people. Just I'm just gonna try whatever, <laughs> like so let's see what let's see what sticks. And so it's gonna be fascinating for me to see how that manifests itself over the next couple of years. Uh, and if it do- is something where we start seeing how some of the stuff that's happening with rap, rap and hip hop starts happening with other genres and like with rock music and stuff, rather than being like there's a strict set of rules and there's this strict set of criteria and you're either in like this circle or you're outside the circle. Uh, and I think like maybe the stuff inside the circle, that's all going to be like your Greta Von Fleet and your algorithm approved <laughs> safe rebellion <laughs> or what, you know, it's, it's, it's weird to think about. Yeah. Rock music just feels like it's been like co-opted by the enemy to me. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. It's gotta, it's gotta evolve. That's all I know. Yeah. It'll come back though. Yeah. It'll come back though, but it'll be some other shit, you know? Well, and it's always, you know, everything kind of, it's a river, not a lake. Agree. Agree. So, what do you think as far as, like, culturally, like this whole 
idea of and is harkening back to earlier like buddy had you got you guys had a voice a lot of it was punching upwards or at least punching sidewards but you know this this sort of idea of um you know the sort of like internet pitchforks and torches on stuff like is it is it weird to kind of see something wielded in that way that you had at least some some part oh in yeah doing oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah yeah it feels like they should shut off you know it's like uh you're breaking up there sorry say again i said uh yeah people don't really deserve the internet it feels weird you know <laughs> it feels like maybe they should turn it off you know it's like it's wild being like yeah we were we were kind of at the forefront of this whole like wave of all of that negativity but yeah. uh yeah now it almost seems like the coolest people are like not on the internet and like, <laughs> like all the all i mean the that's that's like when you know you've made it now you know like when i meet people <laughs> They're like, I don't even do that. It's like, wow, you're so successful. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. like that's sick. You know, like I've met a couple of people this week that are like, yeah, I don't do that. It's like, wow, you know, uh, Brad. I'm in awe of you. Yeah, that's cool. sick. That's the goal, dude. You know, that's the goal, just to like get there and not have to fuck with that shit. Because yeah, it sucks. You know, but that's kind of like the age we live in. Is like, it's like this double-edged sword of like, you know. Yeah, it fucking sucks. No one buys records, but dude, I got every record ever recorded on my phone. Right, exactly. You know? So it's like, I don't know. It is what it is, but but yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, the one thing I'll say and it's a kind of a takeaway from, you know, not not just doing the show, my own experience that what we've lost is sort of like that common experience of everybody kind of experiencing something at the same time. Like like perfect example, right? I'm not gonna like go to war for hunger, like hunger strike by like Temple of the Dog, but everybody knew that song. Everybody knew it. Like it wasn't like someone's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, of course you know what I'm talking about. Don't be a dick. And those cultural flashpoints are just not, not there anymore. But it, it's because everybody has like their own thing. That's. I mean, kind of they are. Like when Kanye put a record out and shit, you know, yeah. it's like everyone's watching on the live stream. Like there's certain moments that happen like that now. Like this but they're is just, America. They're different. Maybe. Okay. Yeah, so you I, know, I, there's I, I, certain I, moments, but like it's it's fewer and far between for sure. You know? But I think what's more common now is people are able to, to build these communities that are like, you know, this sort of subsection of a subsection of a subgenre. And able to build these really strong, vibrant communities, but, like, you know, it's talking about a thousand people, not, like, a million people, and, you know, a hundred people or a dozen people, and it's it's crazy to me to see, like, some of those things be, like, stuff that, like, I was involved with, like, oh, wow, I kind of wish that existed when, you know, we, we were doing that, but also just to be, like, watch people get that out of it. But like, know that it's not just a niche; it's like a a niche of a niche, and be cool with yeah. it. Be like, oh well, whatever. You know, I'm 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 into this. It means something to me, and I guess like it's instructive to me in that way that like it makes you rethink things, right? Like it isn't got to be like <laughs> like it's weird. Like if you talk to kids now, they'd be like, yeah, there's this band Sponge, and they sold like millions of records. And they're like, wow, that's a dumb name for a band. And like it hasn't. <laughs> It, and first of all, they're not wrong, but it hasn't translated, right? Like nobody gives a damn about Sponge, but people, but kids are finding out about like Drive Like Jehu and like Jesus Lizard and like freaking out. So like to watch what carries forward. Like I'm not saying it's a meritocracy because quite frankly, it's not. But it's something where it's interesting to see how stuff hits differently now 
than it did before. Like I think I'm I'm pretty confident saying that Buddy had had, had and again the nature of a website that's basically like that exists to like shit talk and <laughs> kind of like tell you what they think is cool is like not a, a bold concept really anymore. But if it had been like something in our archival form, you know, I guarantee you there would be like, uh, you know, the Buddy had army. <laughs> today because of that because it had a voice oh dude if if we had the technology that they have now like back then we would have gone to jail man we'd be like we'd be like kodak black dude <laughs> we'd be like live streaming shit we shouldn't be on the internet you know what i mean like thank god we came up when we came up honestly like we were just too crazy honestly well, even to this day, like the whole Steve Avon guitar thing, people still talk about it. Where it's like, wow, that was like how long ago? Like how long ago was that? That was, that was like so long ago. It's so funny because like to us, that was just like such a terrible show. It's funny. It's like it's like the least least legendary show ever. So funny. But yeah, I mean, it's great that people like remember anything that we've done. Honestly, it's kind of how I feel about it at this point. It's like I don't know been through my, so many ups and downs at this point that like anyone that cares about anything it's like that's rad man back in the day when people were like Stephen Ray Vaughan it was like dude whack you know like whatever <laughs> sucks <laughs> he didn't even know that was Stephen Ray Vaughan's guitar you know what I mean it was just like it just happened it was just a guitar in a case some guitar Stephen Ray Vaughan never played yeah exactly you know, it was like a squire <laughs> it was like a squire it's like he didn't play that he's not mad you know what I mean like he's stoked like I don't even like Steve Ray Vaughan, but I'm guarantee if you dug him up, he'd be stoked, dude. <laughs> right? He'd be like, "That's funny." Fuck <laughs> that guitar, dude. Well, the you guy know, was he on would whiskey just... and coke like his whole life, dude. He wouldn't think that was funny. Yeah, he would. He would have just been stoked. Someone's playing it too. You know, it's like there's nothing worse than being like, "Oh yeah, that's totally his guitar." Oh, boy, yeah, dude. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think, I think, I think, like if we would have grown up now, man, dude, it's too much right now, man. We 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 hit the like, I think. We hit the like prime shit. We got the we got the death rattle of rock and roll and like pre cell phones, kind of you know. Yeah. And then like you know into this era, and it's like I think it's easier to navigate when you've been on both sides of it. I think the people that were born into this and have always had the internet, I think, I think it's going to be tough for them. You know, I think it is. Yeah, it's 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 weird to think about. Like, I mean, I don't even know. I don't know what that future looks like. <laughs> for them it's it's wild i don't know hopefully they take the internet away from us you know or restrict it yeah you know, you know what i'd be totally because okay like right now there's like no subculture like you're talking about all these like little sub genres like yes that's true but it's still all mainstream because you can find it in a second yeah. like that's what's different about now right. you know it's all safe and co-opted and like i was talking to someone the other day and it sounds crazy saying it but like I heard that I heard of the Jesus and Mary chain for like 12 years before I heard them. Oh, you totally. know what I mean? Like yeah. I wanted to hear them. Like it was like that then. Like you had to put in the work, like, cause you had to like, go buy the record, right. you know? And when you're a teenager, there's X amount of records you can buy. Yeah. You, so you, certain yeah. things you just don't hear. You'd you know sit there I mean? in the store and you like, look at the record cover. Like, Oh man, that looks cool. Right? I wonder what that sounds like. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was a different, it's a different jam, you know? And that shit, changes you you know like you gotta like use your imagination and like you gotta put in work and you know all that shit so. now, now it's like oh i heard there's this band called thin lizzie boop 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 oh now i've heard everything they've ever done and uh, well the first the time thing, you know? the first time i noticed like the playing field being leveled do you know what i mean like being elitist and like you know what i mean like being that i was an elitist and i'd put in work and like 
you know, found all my favorite bands or whatever. You know, when MySpace happened and it was like, you know, all your top bands in your profile, it was like people automatically in like 30 seconds figured out that like 200 bands they had to know about, you know, that like at the time were obscure. You know what I mean? Like My Bloody Valentine, you know, The Damned, fucking The Stooges, Birthday Party. You know what I mean? It was just like all there. You know, and that was kind of like the, the, the beginning of all of this, you know? I mean, but I, I kind of find that the new generation, like, it's funny because, like, now that they have everything, all the information at their fingertips, they just don't really care. Yeah. Yeah. And that's interesting. You know the level I mean? of engagement is, like, totally different. And uh, it, it doesn't mean as much because there isn't that sweat equity to find. Well, it's like, a, it's like an accessory now, whereas, like, before it was, like, in a lifestyle, you know? Music's just, like, there. It's always it's streaming 24 hours a day whenever you want it, so... You don't have to work for it. And there's always new music, and there's always new stuff being discovered, you know? People are shitting out music left and right, man. You know what I mean? Like, it's so easy to make a record now. Yeah, it's too easy. (laughs) It should be a lot harder. It should cause physical pain. It's a good argument, dude. It's a good (laughs) argument. A lot of people were allowed to make records that back in the day wouldn't be allowed to, you know? But at the same time, like, we also have all this rad shit that, like, we could never find before. So, like, you know, it's like you kind of got to just be like, can't really be like the old guy being like, nothing's good and, and all that shit. And that's, like, one of the main things that I've been trying to do lately is just, like, realize that there's, like, new shit that is exciting. You know, well, it's yeah, just a, like it's just a different time. Yep, and, and it's not like it's being the bad stuff's being forced on you. You know, unless you're at the grocery store or something and forget your headphones. But yeah, <laughs> but like, but that's a good. I mean, my Seven Eleven plays Drake like twenty four seven. You know? Oh no, okay. Oh, so it's like your Seven yeah. Eleven's lit. Okay, which could be like it could be a lot worse. Like I'm not a big Drake fan, but it could be a lot worse. You it know, could be, it could be a lot worse, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, Joe said something funny the other day. He's like, Molly Crew fucking is all right. If you can put it on, but he's like, when you're forced to listen to it, it's the worst shit in the world. <laughs> I was just like, that is fucking funny, man. I had somebody uh, try to extol me on the um, to sort of like reconsider foreigner. I was like, let me tell you why I would never no, reconsider dude. foreigner. No, I nothing's used to, good there. I, I exactly. I used to work in a place where like we had a rule. Everyone got like a turn on the stereo. We got to pick like whatever, and nobody could bitch about it. Right? That was the rule, and because that's the only way you could like keep any peace. And you know, someone's gonna put on something lame, whatever. But this one girl only, only would put the foreigner best of every single time. And I don't think like it's because she only owned the one CD. I think it's like she just really liked foreigner. But ah. I know every note of that fucking foreigner best of like that. And I don't like foreigner at all, but I know every yeah. note of it because I've heard it so much. And that's Foreigner's why Foreigner's definitely the family. enemy, dude. <laughs> Foreigner's still. bad, man. It's not good. It's dude, not good music. Still. Still Foreigner's bad. So, but as far as you, I think you hit on something like, you know, like it's, Yeah. You know, there are all these concepts and all these things where maybe stuff would be better if everyone didn't have a voice. If it wasn't so easy, but there is cool stuff coming out. So how do you fight like the sort of the cynic, the saltiness, the the old manisms of uh, of hating on this stuff, right? Like how how do you like keep posse core, man? I mean, there's just so much shit. You know, it's like you know, you just find what what excites you or whatever. You know, it's like. Uh, you know, and, and it's like, I'm, I'm still hungry, dude. It's like, you know, it's like, uh, I don't know. I get excited every day just from the shit I see just from my friends and, 
and you know it's like the one of the good things is like like i said like yeah a lot of people were not allowed to you know are making records that weren't allowed to before but at the same time like there's just so much shit out there that's rad you know it's like yeah. now and you can find it in like two seconds you know it's like i don't know man if you can't spend you know some time on youtube and find something you want like, man i don't know man you know like you can go into a rabbit hole on anything right now you know what i mean so it's like you just gotta look you know that's the thing well you gotta you gotta want to put in the effort too and that's you know maybe that maybe that's a problem with a lot of people is they don't want to put in the effort but i don't know it, it's cool that i mean i i love 2019 man it's great you know it's got its negatives and its pluses but it's great man it's cool well, and you're keeping busy, and you're doing cool stuff on your own too, and that always always helps when you're a creative entity. Uh, speaking of which, what people want to get, I guess I ought to freaking mention this, huh? People want to get the book. Uh, they ought to go to what the American Primitive website here. It's like AmericanPrimitive.org. Yeah. AmericanPrimitive.org. Uh, books and uh, or hit me up on Instagram, and I'm also selling prints. I'm selling prints in my work. Oh, that's right. So, yeah, if you like some of these pictures, like you're selling individual prints of them, uh, yeah, looks great on the wall, makes a great gift. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I hand print them, I hand sign them, I throw in extras, I make a little package. Um, it's cool. It's cool. It's, I'm, I'm on the corner selling nostalgia, you know? <laughs> you know what I mean? You're, you're not a war profiteer for nostalgia, but you're definitely making a buck on it, and there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, fuck, dude, it's my story too. <laughs> and uh, first scene's called uh, uh, "Past Lives," and uh, you can get that uh, AmericanPrimitive.org, and then you got the the new one. Is that out already? That, that new one? It is. It's been out like a month. Okay. It's God, called damn, "Stayed man. Alive." Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, I think it, like maybe like though. a month and a half. Yeah, I mean, dude, there's so much info right now. It's hard to keep up, dude. <laughs> it's hard to keep up with anything. It's just like it's a barrage, dude. It's like I just try not to turn on the news. You know, yeah. it's like, check in every couple of weeks, but you know, other than that, it's just a lot of information, man. It's hard to keep up with the, all the shit that you like, you know? So that's uh, so that one's the newer ones stay alive. Um, well, newer as in like a couple months newer. <laughs> it's then, new to me, man. Is there a volume, a volume three? Yeah, uh, I just started today up? actually, but I don't know what it is yet. Okay. But yeah, yeah. There's a couple more coming out, and I think I'm gonna do a Buddyhead book at some point this year. Just oh, kind of cool. like an archival of the site. Just kind of like, kind of like how we were talking. Like, you yeah. know, there's kids that have never seen it. You know, so I could, you know, something you could hand someone that's never seen it, and they would like, be like, I get it. You know, this is what it was. Well, it's cool. You know, new stuff, old stuff, kind of like a greatest hits. Yeah, it's kind of cool to be able to author your own your own history that way and present it the way you want to. Uh, because I mean, I think so much of so much of culture is just put through these lenses of yeah, that wasn't exactly how I remember it, but all right, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just kind of space the old shit out with new shit, so I don't go crazy. But yeah, in like a month or two, I'm gonna start on that guy, kind of like uh, bang out some more old shit, you know? Nice. Yeah. So generally American primitive, uh, dot org or on, uh, Facebook, you're on, uh, you're on Instagram too. I guess I'm you're on, on all that, that shit. Twitter. You're on that, on that, on that friendster, mp3.com. Winamp.com. <laughs> Winamp. It really whips the llama's ass. Yeah, dude. My friend Ian Rogers started that shit. Dude. He's a maverick. Oh, no way. He started Winamp. 
he did start Winamp, and then he also sold the first digital record, which is at the drive-in. You know really? that? I did not know That's that. the first record. That, Relationship of Command was the first record that was sold digitally. I think they sold like 12 copies. <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> Fucking, that's like fact, dude. You can Google that. They like right. sold it as like a Winamp media file or some shit like that. <laughs> that's wild. Okay. Mm-hmm. There you go. Learn something new every or day. Or Windows, Windows media file. Windows, sorry. Media, Windows media player. Yeah. AKA the one that for people who are too lazy to install anything on their computer. Right? <laughs> like, ah, whatever. It's fine. This plays. <laughs> a little history right there. <laughs> yeah, I like it. So I guess, uh, you know, last question, man. Um, the last hundred episodes or so started to sort of, you kind of answered some of it already. We started, started asking people, why do you do what you do? Because uh, it's like the only way to get through life without doing heroin, really. You know, it's like, it's like, it's like what makes me happy. You know, it's kind of what I realized is like finishing stuff feels good and, and kind of expressing yourself feels great. And, you know, making shit with your homies. It's the best, you know. It's like it's like the only way I know how to like get through life without like wanting to like numb out. Really, that's a pretty solid answer, man. Hey, man, I try. It's, it's always good talking <laughs> to you, dude. Thanks for uh, thank, thanks for coming back for on the show. Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, yeah, we'll, awesome. we, we'll make it not like a whatever five year break, whatever the hell it's been. <laughs> next yeah, time. yeah. <laughs> and I'll and I'll make it to your show next time. Yeah, <laughs> if if you can. That's. I fine. felt bad. I felt bad. <laughs> so you know i felt bad all right well th- th- there you i go. wasn't having fun so you know <laughs> you, you, you're doing stuff and uh that that's that's it's a good reason to miss other stuff is because you're doing stuff so it's cool man well thanks man i appreciate you all right brother take care take care ah oh, there he goes mr travis keller uh let's uh let's listen to a song and um, we'll come back after this <laughs> She'll be there for a while For the wounding of a rent-a-car And a ram rain in sunshine She's right there on CCTV Forgetting to take her medication But then Ruby says a lawyer will get The best deal that they can make Oh, but then I grew up around their family and they were such a bunch of losers They could only do each other Oh, and she about the cruises And she could say anything At any time So any mention of plea bargains Is making everybody feel uptight Left my ties down. You left my ties down. You see, I'd give you anything at any time. You left my ties down. a car up from the depot I had my lunch at China Rose 
And then I snorted half a gram of Australia's finest homemade corn. And a child was mauled by bullets outside the High Point shopping center. While a two-rack tractor pin a fact bit down on our placenta. And an army surplus blown a coat Victoria So that shit's under control You left my ties You left my ties You see I'd give you anything
And we'll make you sorry, too, here at Photonic Reversal. <laughs> We're going to work on that sign-off, too. Uh, hey, uh, thank you for listening to the show. Uh, I'd like to thank our guest, Travis Keller. Mr. Travis Keller. Uh, buddy had Frank Primitive, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Ad infinitum. Good dude. See what he's up to on Yield Internets. Is this thing on? He's all over. American Primitive. It's on Instagram, Facebook, all that, all that stuff. Even if it didn't seem like he wants to. Uh, let's see. That was uh, Screaming Females. I'll make you sorry. Uh, before that, we had uh, Nocturnal Habits, New Skin. Uh, so we need all two, three, four before that. Tropical Fuckstorm. Tropical Fuckstorm with you, Level Tyson. Are we going? This thing on. Okay. Cool. So here we go. The, the name of this show is Conan's Transportonic Reversal. This is the. Oh, God. We've done a lot of these episodes. <laughs> I don't even remember. <laughs> that's. It's so bad, I don't even remember how many episodes we've done, folks. That, that's, that's where we're at. Uh, <laughs> As we come to the close of our 131? <laughs> I think it's 131. With Travis Keller of uh, Buddy Had American Primitive, etc. Farewell transmission. You can find this show Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central. Signing off. 6 p.m. Mountain. Mr. and Mrs. Pacific. America and all the ships at sea. Here at RadioNope.com. Anyone within the sound of my voice. I'd like to give a huge welcome to Right There, Right Then. Before us, that'll be a regular thing. Good show. I've More got boys. Coming up next. 50,000 watts of power. Music on with music off, I believe. It's a uh, skate music. One up. I am here. As for me, good old Conan Itron. This microphone turns sound into electricity. Thanks for listening. It's been great being with you. Can you hear me now? Out on Route 128, and, uh, in the dark and lonely. You know, RadioNutron.com for the archives. Check it later.
to my top 10 I'd like to thank our sponsor but we haven't got a sponsor not if you were the last man on earth she was prepared to prove it this one goes out to a special girl. There is no special girl! It's the, it's the end of radio. The last announcer plays the last record. The last what? Leaves the transmitter. Circles the globe in search of a listener. Can you hear me now? if there's no one there to receive. It's the end of radio. As we come to the close of our broadcast day, This had been a real emergency. 
Hey!